0: Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
1: Welcome back to the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production with Ray Shillins here and Brad Forsyth. And a very special guest, Diane Hessen, is with us tonight. Or today, I should say, Diane President and CEO of Communispace, one of the fastest-growing social networking companies in the country, uh, with a blue-chip client list that would make a Madison Avenue giant jealous. We'll tell you more about uh, Diane out of Boston this weekend with the advertising show. Also have, um, well, briefly here, uh, just a few moments, uh, Jeffrey Gittimer. And uh, his topic today is uh, out of his uh, brand-new book, of course. It's called, Help, My Sales Are Falling! And I can't get them up. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, wanted the big idea. Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider, is a little bit later on this hour. Wanted the big idea. Who who doesn't want that? I want your best
2: idea here, Donnie Deutsch.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say. But it'll wow. be fun to talk with uh, Diane here in uh, just a few moments on the advertising show.
2: How are you doing? Well, doing great. You know, off the uh, air before we came on today, w- w- you know, although uh, Diane is in where? Boston, I believe, Boston, right, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she originally hails from Philly?
1: Yeah, Philadelphia, right.
2: Yeah. Well, apparently uh, when she makes it home again, whenever that might be, she would want to look up the Greater Philadelphia Hotel Association because they're worried about... Uh, people reading the city's uh, high murder rate in, in a particular publication that happens to be uh, in a lot of the uh, guest rooms, uh, namely in particular the Philadelphia Magazine, uh, in the November issue, which they're covering high crime rate. Normally some 6,000 copies, rave of the Monthly right. go to local hotel rooms. But the GPHA, that's, of course, short for Greater Philadelphia Hotel Association, mm-hmm. argues that some may seem to think, if reading that, that it's unsafe for visitors. In those rooms where they might be reading that material, apparently, uh, Larry oh, Platt, good. yeah, isn't yeah, it? Larry right. Platt, the uh, uh, magazine editor, says ignoring a problem because it might make the city look bad is a classic example of Philadelphia insecurity. I didn't know they had insecurity in Philadelphia. Yeah, right. It was always the city of brotherly love. But uh, in any event. Uh, I think they just screwed themselves out of six thousand copy circulation by putting that on the front cover, and I, I understand the point, don't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. My goodness, and that's a great city too. It really is a, good, a, a yeah. lovely place to be. Pennsylvania really is not a bad state. They're turned by a lot, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but Expensive. for for sale, here's a sign. They it was uh, it was on the front uh, front porch of Air America. It says for sale. Uh, you've heard the uh, the latest uh, in the Air America saga, or whatever well, Air America bankruptcy, talking to, or oh gosh, yes, yeah. and uh, they're uh, talking to several people about a possible sale, hopeful of, of reaching a deal uh, very soon. Um, uh, Tracy Kledstadt, you know her? No. Mm-mm. Told the court that the privately held government, i don't either—was in discussion with several different parties, about uh, seven different parties, about very hopeful of reaching a deal uh, by uh, later on this month. Uh, the significant amount of interest—I uh, well, can understand that, though. But it's really interesting to, to go back to the beginning of Air America, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, the guy who was—who—who who, who we had on the show,
2: yeah, he really—I guess—wasn't
1: exactly. Right on when it came to adding up the uh, the money for uh, running that place. So it's been, it's been a bumpy road all along. They lost a yeah. whole bunch of people as well. Uh, and uh, really have put a lot of stations in jeopardy. Those who, who choose to air that type of programming, what are they going to do? Well, yeah. they'll probably run sports or maybe Tradio. That'd be good. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you know, the uh, first ever liberal radio network, supposedly. And can you hear the investment crowd right now sitting in a room going like this? Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Air America we want to buy into, or maybe Clear Channel? You know that seems to be all the buzz right now. Yeah, exactly. Clear Channel going private, of course. Or Entercom, possibly. Uh, yeah, which would be a great, uh, a great thing to get into as well. Yeah, it'll be so. interesting to see, and I think they will go private. Clear mm-hmm. Channel. It'll be interesting to see what uh, getting Wall Street off their back will do to a lot of things with that, with that organization. You think so? I'm not sure it will change that much, actually. Well, but, uh, you it'll know. put money in the Mays family's pocket, that's for sure. Yes, because
1: San Antonio needs a bigger and better office building. At the well, board. maybe they, can they can clean up, course, up that...
2: Yes. Uh... Clean up that uh, waterway that goes through there. <laughs> Make it more blue instead of brown.
1: And that used to be a side of the a world, uh, World's Fair many right. years ago. That's why it was built. Right. So, hey, uh, let's take a break here before we get on to something. And, uh, I know that your phone is is pretty savvy, and so is mine. I'm talking mm-hmm. about cell phones and uh, actually uh, your, your car. Uh, but how savvy is it? How about web access? Uh, let's talk about that in just a minute. Right now, it's uh, checking in with Jeffrey Gittimer. And like we said before, it's, help, my sales are falling. And he has
3: a couple of answers for us. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey.
4: Help, my sales are falling, and I can't get them up. When sales go down, all kinds of hell breaks loose and all kinds of fingers get pointed. All kinds of blame gets issued and all kinds of panic sets in. Most people blame it on the economy when, in fact, the economy has little or nothing to do with it. You might even think it's the season or some other silly excuse. My first recommendation would be to call your existing customers and find out why. But the fact is that this is almost never done. When sales are decreasing, there's a reason. And unless you find out the reason from the people who are buying from you, you're not likely to fix it. The first thing to do is look at the quality of your product. Is it declining? Especially as it relates to the pricing of your product or your competition. Your competition may be undercutting you or trying to steal some of your customers. Your salespeople or you are being outsold. Your sales tool technology has not kept up with the rest of the world. Your hours of operation are not in sync with your customers' needs for your product and especially for your service. It's not easy to do business with you, and maybe it's not as easy as as it was, as it used to be, or as it could be, or as it should be. Get customer feedback until you begin to see the trend reversing, and then throw a huge thank you party for your customers to reward them for
3: rewarding you.
1: Maybe because your ad sucks. Yeah, Brad, uh, Jeff uh, has one of the most amazingly uh, marketable websites I've ever seen. It's really, really good. It's almost as good as the advertising shows, okay? Really? Uh, no, he is, he is asking for the order all the time and just does hmm. a really great job of that. So that's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer with Ray Schell and Brad Forsythe here. Diane Hessen out of Boston. Diane, the, uh, the, the uh, president and CEO of Communispace. Uh, also, according to Advertising Age, Brad here, uh, hmm. a pioneer in creating online Communities to help marketers deeply engage customers. Diane helped found Community Space in '99 and hasn't looked back. Which is good, especially if she's on the road somewhere. Yeah, you don't uh, want to look back. You know, we're, doggone it, we're out of time here. We're, we're out of time. We some time to talk about this. I'm, 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 real quick, uh, personal computers in the car, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously it's coming to this way. Uh, sure. You know, a lot of stuff, uh, that let people check email, avoid traffic jams. Well, how about avoid accidents? Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, there are a lot of states that don't allow uh, even a cell phone in the car, uh, literally. So now yeah. all of a sudden we're allowed to uh, make restaurant reservations via the web while we're driving. That could be yeah. dangerous. I could we'll talk with Diane here in just a moment on The Advertising Show.
0: Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Last night, Billy didn't
5: skate
6: once with me, but this should get us together. $40. Great. Now, how about close up? Well, that's toothpaste. Maybe I'll get pom-poms for my rollercoaster. Can't put your money where your
1: mouth is. Always worked right. for you, those pom poms, didn't it, Brad? Oh, yeah. Many years ago. Well, Advertising sure. show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Our very special guest is Diane Hessen out of Boston. Diane, President and CEO of Communispace. Uh, today, Diane leads 100 plus employees in managing the more than 225 private online customer communities the company has created for Fortune 500 companies like Kraft, Unilever, Hewlett Packard, the Chicago Tribune, and uh, GlaxoSmithKline. Communispace's revenues have grown over a hundred percent this past year and uh, the the watertown mass firm expects 80 to hundred percent annual growth for the next five years I guess that would be an indicator that probably if uh, we have stock in the company'd be a good time to buy right there we oh, go yeah hey Diane welcome to the advertising show it's so nice to have you here.
6: Thank you. Nice
2: to be here. And, Ray, you forgot to mention that her husband nominated her as one of the top ten women to watch in Boston. Or was that her boyfriend? <laughs> That's
0: right. Was
2: that your boyfriend or your husband that did That's
6: that? That's right. All of my best friends, my husband
2: and my dog. <laughs> well, and my congratulations for, congratulations for that. Yeah. Well, wow, yeah, and well-deserved, I'm sure. Yeah, let's start with uh, an easy one, kind of a, uh, a self-promoting uh, question, uh, Communispace. Uh, what do you guys do for your clients, Diane?
6: Well, um, what we do is that, well, we're helping our clients really transform the way that they listen to and engage with their customers or consumers, depending on what type of uh, company we're talking about as a client. And we do that by building online communities. Um, communities is a pretty popular word these days. Um, and the ones that we build are build private so they are password protected and you know you can't just have anybody get in Uh, these are private and branded and uh, the people who are members of those communities are continuously connected to customers so that the sponsors that of that community are getting insight and feedback and advice um, basically on a day-to-day basis
2: so how do you go about uh, assembling a customer customer community if it's a private affair
6: Well, um, we'll sit down with a client and basically ask some questions around, you know, what kinds of customers they really want to hear from, who are their target customers. Sometimes uh, a client is really interested in understanding who their best customers are or who their lead users might be, people who are really trendsetters or influentials. Sometimes they're interested in um, less enthusiastic customers and trying to figure out how to move those up to being more enthusiastic. So who we recruit and what the profile is pretty much depends on what the client's market segment is and also, you know, who they're really trying to connect with. And we'll work on who they want to get in touch with and who they want to engage in and then essentially build a community Around that particular group. So,
2: would it be uh, fair to characterize a, a customer community as more of a, just an innovative 2006 version of a, a research tool? I suppose.
6: Well, sometimes, um, you know, it really depends. You know, it depends on how people react when they hear the word research. Um, there are lots of people who are doing cutting-edge work these days who've had their title change from head of research to head of consumer insights, or something like that, and. Hmm. That usually means that someone sat down with them and said, "Look, you know I don't just want more data. We have data overload around here. I'm interested in hearing things that I've never really thought about before. Hmm. or um, you know the, the executive version of that that we hear about at the very top of the house is that you know senior executives are very worried about losing touch with their customers. So they're worried about being the next Krispy Kreme, the next Mm -hmm. company that was, you know, a darling of Wall Street that all of a sudden really had a lot of problems. And, you know, what they very often say is we need to get back in touch with what's really important to our customers. So we kind of call it listening. Um, and listening would be different from research in that there's really not an agenda. I mean, sometimes there's an agenda. You want to know what your community thinks of an ad campaign or of a new product idea or of a particular packaging that a product has or that you want people to react to your website. But sometimes you're just much more open-ended and you want to sit back and see what's going on in people's lives, you know, what their dreams are, what their frustrations are, and you know, we're trying to do that also. And of course, as it turns out, and uh, as you guys know, um, listening is a really underrated marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. It's not just a great research strategy, but you know, sometimes it's really a great idea for marketers to just shut up and. You know, engage in dialogue <laughs> with their consumers. How about that?
2: Too few uh, marketers do not listen today, more I think listen to their consumers than, than once did, but you, you make a very good point. How many people would we be talking about in a, a typical co- consumer community, or does it vary from client to client?
6: Well, it does vary, but um, the ideal size of a community is about 400 people. So you want enough people to kind of have critical mass and a lot going on, but our communities are pretty small, so what we're trying to do is to help our clients create uh, intimacy over the web, the kind of intimacy with 400 people that they normally would only be able to get with like 5 or 10. So these are you know, connections with consumers that are uh, really involving where the consumers are spending a lot of time kind of bringing these companies into their lives. Uh, And in return, you know, really kind of become brand insiders. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you can do this with 10,000 people if you want. It's just that what we've learned over the past six years is that if you want to deeply engage with 10,000 people, you don't do it by putting 10,000 people online in one community. You basically do it the way you do it at a conference or something. You know, you'd Mm -hmm. break them up into groups of 10 Mm -hmm. or groups of 15.
2: So you might, uh, let's just take the number 400. Ray, what do we have, uh, a couple minutes left here?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly.
2: Let's take the number 400. Would you break that up perhaps perhaps in uh, increments of maybe 100 or 50 and see if you're getting uh, similar data from each group? Would that, would that ever be the case, Diane? Well, you've
6: done that. I mean, you know, what we try to do is to find the sweet spot. I mean, marketers yeah. want to. You know, marketers have a feel about yeah. cost effectiveness and impact and things like that. So you want to get as many people as possible. But w- what we're finding is once we get to about five or six hundred people in one space, uh, the participation starts to drop. People yeah. are less engaged. So you got to keep it small enough that people have an opportunity to know each other and build relationships over the web.
1: And it probably mm-hmm. changes as well with uh, regard to what group you're talking about, Diana.
6: Yes, it does, although we've got communities of doctors, IT executives, high net worth individuals, road warriors, moms with little kids, millennials. I mean, you can pretty much work the gamut. Now, the way that we facilitate those conversations sometimes varies, but um, you can pretty much work with any kind of group that a marketer wants to get in touch with and, you know, create a space that will really work to give them the kind of connection they're looking for.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, next segment, I want to talk to you about the uh, the most important question that I hear being asked today, and that's why the ad industry in general uh, often tends to miss the mark when it comes to uh, creating industry buzz when it, uh, with regard to customer engagement. And, you know, you'd be a great person to ask that. Ray? Uh,
1: I'd say uh, ask the question now. Let's get into that conversation. We've got about a minute left
2: here. Oh, we do? Well, I was going to save that for next segment, but a real quick question innovation an innovation strategy for a client I would imagine a customer community would play a role in that is that right Diane
6: sure I mean I, um, you know the, the operating buzzword is co-creation so companies are out there trying to figure out how to reel the voice of the customer into their innovation process whether that be creating a new kind of ad um, or something bigger where they're Trying to just create a whole new product line or a whole new way of thinking about their business.
5: You that know, a I would hope way
6: to work with a community.
1: Yeah. Let's take a break here on the Advertising Show. Our special guest is Diane Hessen, who is president and CEO of CommuniSpace. Good news is we've got Diane for another segment with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. By the way, the Advertising Show website powered by a really cool thing called Tendency. And it's uh, powered in part by Shippel. Uh, shipple.com is the uh, the web provider. And uh, go check it out. Ed Shipple's a great guy and does a great job for us here at the Advertising Show. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And that's C-O-M, by the way. So we'll be back with Diane and uh, much more with the advertising show Patrick Meyer a little bit later on this hour too so hope you can stick around
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show.
5: It's a real thing in the back of your mind. What you're hoping
1: to It's a good possibility, Brad, that Diane actually sang on that song. I, uh, Diane, you're an alto, aren't you? Yes, how'd you guess? Uh, I don't know. I, because I had two choices and I picked that one, okay? That's true. There you go. Uh, Diane, uh, also, she has a group, Brad, a co-founder of the Sound Bites, B-Y-T-E-S, an acapella group that uh, writes lyrics about business and performs at major conferences. Wow. And also performs uh, down the street at the tavern there. It's just, at the
6: corner,
2: yeah. corner tavern, yeah, yes. The, exactly. Diane, welcome back to the
1: advertising show.
6: Thank you.
2: You know, I'm going to pick up just uh, what you were concluding there last segment. Uh, y- you'd mentioned that sometimes you get feedback from these c- uh, customer groups uh, with regard to ad campaigns. I have mixed feelings about that, Diane. You know, so we've heard so many times that uh, you know, some of the most innovative ideas coming out of Nike uh, not, not so many years ago were never tested. And we had the chance to speak to a former CMO with Nike and ask him how many of the – Uh, Ad campaigns and ads in particular that they created would have never seen the light of day had they tested them. And he said, oh, probably 60, 75 percent. And and so I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about uh, getting user or getting feedback from your customer base. So what are your thoughts on that?
6: Well, you know, I think that, um, first of all, I think Nike does a great job with their advertising, and I think that we can always come up with, you know, you can sit around all day long and say, well, consumers would never have invented the Sony Walkman, or consumers would never have invented the iPod, or whatever else. Hmm. Um, You know, I don't, I do think that you had to leave it to Steve Jobs and his crew to invent the iPod, but... That doesn't mean that this was a group of people that was operating independent of really great understanding of their customer base. I mean, the consumers didn't really invent the iPod, but I think they did make it very clear to Apple on a whole bunch of levels that the most important thing for them was to have control over their music. Mm -hmm. um, When they listened to it, where they listened to it, and how they did, so that, you know, not a company that was disconnected from its customers. It just didn't rely on customers to kind of take the innovation process all the way through. Hmm. So, you know, one of the things that's really, you know, very hot right now is the notion of asking consumers to generate, you know, to create their own advertisements. And YouTube is full of ads from, you know, what ad agencies would call amateurs coming up with really cool advertisements, um, you know, that are much less expensive to produce than what a professional ad agency would produce. I don't think it necessarily means, therefore, an ad agency goes away, but it is interesting to understand how a customer engages with your product on an emotional level. You know, I think that there are times that you test advertising where it's really valid and there are other times where it's really over tested you know what we love about communities and you know what I've grown to learn that the big benefit is is that you have a continuous connection to your customers so when we're testing advertising we don't put together a big video ad put together 15 really perfect questions get them out get some data back and say well the score was 7.8 you know what we'll do is we'll throw a concept out and we'll just see how people react to it. We don't say, do we run it or not? Mm -hmm. We'll say, "Um, what do you think of this? Um, When you saw this ad, what is the story that it was telling? And we'll see whether everybody has the same reaction or whether people have different reactions. And because of the fact that you have these people essentially in a community whenever and wherever you need them, you can kind of go back and forth and continue the conversation. So at a minimum... They don't necessarily tell you not to do something uh, if you don't want to hear it that way. But you can really dig into how people are going to react and where they're clear and where they're not clear and what the messages are that they're getting from an ad campaign, whether it's clear or not. So
5: I think when we work with
6: ad agencies, it's pretty much related to that, the fact that you can kind of go back and forth Um, with a bunch of people rather than kind of doing a one-shot survey.
2: I'm so glad to hear it differentiated from your typical copy testing and so forth. So it makes a very good point. Let's go back to the question I teased last segment. Uh, Why is it, Diane, that most industry buzz about customer engagement totally misses the mark?
6: Some of this depends on what you really mean by engagement. Mm So um, in classic advertising lingo, engagement would be, um, you know, eyeballs would be, you go to a website and, you know, how many people click the banner ad might be one level of engagement, or how much time you spend on a website might be one level of engagement. But it's something that's been fairly elusive in terms of being able to measure. You know, what we're trying to do is to define engagement as a real two-way process where marketers are deeply involving customers in what is really a true dialogue. So um, I'll give you an example. Sometimes you go to a conference and you get a speaker up in front of the room, and the speaker says, Well, I want to make this a really interactive session. Um, So for the next hour, let's make sure we have a conversation with each other at which point the speaker does 55 minutes' worth of PowerPoints and then says, all right, let's make it interactive, and they take mm. five minutes of questions mm. and answers. Yeah, right. That process might be somewhat engaging, especially towards the end of that hour, but it's not the same thing as the speaker taking the PowerPoints, throwing them away, sitting down, putting everybody around the circle and say, let's just have a conversation here. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Larry Weber, the marketing guru, says that your brand in 2006 is only as strong as the dialogue that you have with your customers or consumers.
1: We've got to take a break. Diane Hessen is our special guest president, CEO of Communispace. Communospace.com is the website. And uh, we'll be back with Diane and Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here in just a moment. Stay with us.
0: Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show.
6: And it says, no new cavities.
1: That was back when no kids new had new cavities, cavities, and it was a revelation that they didn't. Now, today, kids don't have cavities. They have their own teeth, too. What a concept. Hmm. It's uh, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, on the advertising show with our special guest out of, uh, out of Massachusetts. And we'll have Diane Hessen, uh, president and CEO of Communispace, Space, now tell the Bostonians how the exact way to say Boston. How do you say it, Diane? Well, if you live
6: here, you say Boston Boston but if you if you're from Philadelphia you say Boston, which okay. is right. a beautiful city.
2: Okay. And by the way, if you ever check any old archives of the American Bandstand Show, you'll see Diane there in the front area. She has the uh, the uh, black and white Oxfords and the uh The, the ponytails, yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, well, let's jump back. I want to talk about some contemporary issues, if we can, Diane. You know, uh, Super Bowl buzz is already brewing, and uh, as marketers are scrambling to find many ways to involve customers and co-creators uh, for their messaging today, uh, you know, and, and we've got a little time yet. Uh, what, what do you expect to see this year at the Super Bowl from a marketing standpoint that might be a little different?
6: Well, you know, if, if I had to bet somebody is going to put an ad on that was created by a consumer. I mean, somebody will do something that's really crazy and edgy. So I would think that uh, in the next few weeks, some brave company will make an announcement that they are going to do a contest to uh, put a Super Bowl commercial on, cool. and they're going to take submissions from other consumers out there, and they're going to pick one, and that's what they'll air. And if they implement that well, I actually think it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm be. not one of those people that's in a non-traditional marketing company that thinks advertising's bad. Mm-hmm. I just think it's very difficult these days to get your message through. So advertising is expensive uh, relative to the impact. And, you know, the Super Bowl is the last bastion of, you know, advertising that people just love. I mean, we watch the ads as much as, you know, we watch the you know the big plays. Mm, more so. <laughs> you know,
2: and I, I, I think you're going to be correct in your prediction. And I'd like to go out on a limb and make a prediction for Super Bowl 2008, and that is there will be... 25 advertisers having customer-created ads once this one jumps out of the gate. That was a good idea. Let's do what they did. Yeah, Yeah. let's all jump on that. What do you think, Diane?
6: Oh, probably.
2: It's such a me-too business, you know.
6: Yeah. Well, you know, advertisers, um, you know, marketers are asking consumers to do that now in, you know, a small way on the web. So you have Hmm. companies like, you know, the, the classic one, I guess, is MasterCard that, you know, has their uh, advertising that's been so successful, um, their priceless campaign. And, you know, they have taken some steps to ask consumers to, you know, create their own versions. And um, I think that, you know, when I talk to clients about that, some clients, um, which are major brands, I won't put the names out there, are really, really worried about doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, are worried about what's going to get out on the web and just about giving up too much control, I guess. And um, other companies that you would normally think are really uh, conservative are not that way. They're just kind of getting out there and saying, let's experiment. Um, frankly, we've already lost control anyway. So... Um, Let's go out there and, you know, do some experiments and be adventurous and figure out what we learn. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of have the inside dope on that because very often when clients have communities... Um, They'll use those communities kind of as a sounding board. So they'll say to the community, ah, we want to do a blog. What do you think of that idea? (laughs) And the community will say, ah, you know, you guys think blogs are great, but we think they're kind of boring. They've been around for six or seven years. Yeah. Then the uh, marketer will say, well, you know, we're thinking about doing a wiki or we're thinking about doing a podcast. And the community will listen to it and, you know, decide whether it's boring or whether it sounds too much like a press release or whatever. So very often in our communities, because... We're helping our clients, facilitate them. We kind of get an early read on what marketers are thinking about doing.
2: You know, uh, we're, we're seeing so many corporate CEOs jumping on the podcast bandwagon, and, I, and I'm curious, have you had uh, inquiries about that from your clients? And if so, I would imagine that's something you don't check with communities. You just go ahead and do it because the boss, the client, wants it.
6: Yeah. Um, actually, we do, have po- um, we do have our communities listen to podcasts sometimes mm-hmm. just to um, – You know, again, it's just like what you ask with advertising. They're not saying, you know, send that or don't send that out. But it is interesting to see how a group of people are going to respond to something. Or very often a community will help a client brainstorm ideas on what they'd really like to hear on a podcast. Um, you know, the interesting thing for us is that everywhere we go, are um, the consumers are you know they like podcasts. It's just they're not downloading them onto their iPod. They're just clicking them at like an audio file and right. listening to them online.
1: We've got to. Worry. Actually, Brad, we're just about out of time here. Diane, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show this weekend. It's been fun. Diane Hessen, president and CEO of Community Space, out of Boston this weekend here at the Advertising Show. Diane, get your communities that are listening to this as well, huh? We will. My pleasure. Thank Thanks, you. Diane. Thanks. We'll be back with more of the Advertising Show in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth.
5: Dippity-doo. You. Dippity-doo.
0: For setting your hair.
1: Dippity-doo. Back for one more segment on the Advertising Show, Ray Shillens, Brad Foresight. Thanks to Diane Hessen, President, CEO of Communispace. It's communispace.com. Uh Go to the website and find out more about what that company does. It's doing a lot of stuff. And, yes, I, I guessed right. She was an alto. Isn't yeah. that nice? Uh, Andy uh, uh, Cernovitz is going to be with us next week here at the Advertising Show. Andy is CEO of Word of Mouth Marketing Association. So hopefully... Before the show and uh, after the show, Andy will tell all of his friends. You'll uh, uh-huh. go talk to them personally, I guess. So that's. I cool. hope so. We're talking about uh, technology in the car and uh, mm-hmm. Ford Motor. Actually, there's a lot of people talking about this. So we're going to see lots of explosive changes. That's not the best words to use when you're talking about a <laughs> Ford. But yeah. anyway, Ford Motor F-Series pickups can now be equipped with Ford Link uh which went on sale uh, last month uh 29.99 option and that's 20 that's not 29 bucks it's uh, 2900 bucks hmm. the uh, pc aimed at uh, contractors who want to order building materials or send email from the cab or surf the hmm. web, I guess. I don't know. Uh, a rugged PC fits into a cradle in the front of the dash. The PC runs Microsoft's XP software. It can play Internet radio and MP3 files as well for twenty nine ninety nine, Wow And, of course, they'll give you time to pay for that, I'm sure. Well, they can listen to the advertising show. That's exactly right. No payments until '07.
2: You know, you know they were. You were talking about that uh, the first segment, and I'm thinking, you know, one day, you know, let's say maybe five years from now, you call somebody on their cell phone,
1: yeah,
2: and they're in their car, yeah, and they're checking their email, yeah. Okay. You can't get their attention because you hear the. And they're supposed to be driving.
1: Yeah, I think it's dangerous. I don't know.
2: And then you hear a video uh, in the background rolling because mm-hmm. the kids are watching the the uh, you know the DVR. Yes, exactly. What is this world coming to? Of course, you know. I don't know if you heard about this, Ray. Uh, real quickly, one of the things the driver's ed teachers have always pounded into the kids' heads, and you and I were there, parallel parking, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, now speaking of you know driving and doing mm-hmm. other things, uh, drivers, uh, kind of their version of, of spell check. Drivers can uh, reach out to a German auto supply company called Helia, H E L L A, because they're selling an aftermarket device that will actually park, park your car, your car? Yeah. parallel park it for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Ray, but if your car uh, you know can't park, if you can't park your car yourself, should you really be driving? I mean, come on. But if you're interested in this, Helia, H E L L A dot com. Have you seen the uh, spot for Lexus? It's a L S, whatever, and it shows the oh, car yeah, p- parallel parking itself. Yeah. I guess that'd come in handy if you're uh, D U I, you know, <laughs> trying to pull into the bar. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just flip this button. And,
1: or, or if you got pulled over and. Uh, yeah,
2: hey, I'm not drunk. Watch this. Hop out of the
1: car and just hit the button and watch it parallel park. I'm sure they'd leave you alone. Yeah.
2: Uh, you want me to do the finger to the nose? Why well, don't I just parallel park this? I'll prove it to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not from this planet. Yeah, that's pretty right. cool. And uh, yeah. automotive advertising as well. The uh, the Nissan Altima, where the guy's living in his car for several days. All right. Uh, that is a neat
2: campaign. I'm really liking that. Obviously, I haven't, I haven't been able to keep up with it. I saw the launch uh, spot, but I haven't seen any continuation on that.
1: It's. I think it's well done. Uh, it, it... What's he What's he doing now? Well, he had a party. Uh... Huh. He uh, tried to buy some gas. Uh, uh, tr- tried to buy some gas. Bought the gas, but didn't buy enough to get a car wash. So he made a scene at the uh, at the convenience store. And making a scene in a convenience store is just yeah. not a really good right. idea. Hey, we have got uh, Patrick Meyer here on the advertising show. Let's uh, let's listen for the big idea.
3: Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick
7: Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about Wanted: The Big Idea. One of my clients, a CEO of a major corporation, said we need a giant idea capable of driving our business. In essence, go big or go home. In a similar way, the Delaney report covered chief marketing officer and CEO desire and demand for the big idea. But what's kind of ironic is that they then asked agency heads about building the big idea. They said it was challenging, it's difficult, etc. The reason it's challenging for an agency? What clients want are giant marketing ideas, not creative ideas. You start with a marketing idea that's capable of driving the business forward, built on an insight or built on an innovation that's powerful. Then come forward with the agencies and wrap a capsule around that idea and take it to a different level. So I'm going to share with you a simple process to get to the big idea number one start with an immersion what's going on with the consumer what's going on with your product but looking in an immersive way at what would drive your business forward number two pull out the insight find the big insight or leverage point that's capable of shifting gears number three innovation building an innovative idea that's powerful and sustaining number four Impact. Taking it out into a creative idea wrapped around the core marketing idea. Number five, don't lose sight of return on investment. ROI, and making sure the idea has the potential to drive the business forward and at the same time do it in a very profitable way. Here's a little homework assignment for you. The next time you look at big ideas, look for what's the big marketing idea inside of the creative idea. And that's where you need to start, my friends. You've been listening to The Marketing
3: Insider. Heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick
7: Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now.
1: Thanks, Patrick. On The Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our uh, very special ge- uh, guest next week <laughs> is uh, yeast, is uh, Andy uh, Cernovitz, uh, CEO of Word of Mouth Marketing Association. Right, not Andy Borowitz. Andy Cernovitz. Cernovitz. Well, S-E-R-N-O-V-I-T-Z. Cernovitz. Oh, Oh, well, I'll order
2: the Polish sausage if you won't. Thank you very much. Would you like mustard with that? Well, just only if it's spicy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What else do you have there? Well, you know, uh, this is kind of weird, and I know we've got just a little bit of time here, but uh, Oprah... Wanted to start uh, having audience give to a charity. So what did she do? She gave her audience members a $1,000 debit card. Right. But unlike other deals, she instructed her 300 members of the studio audience to give the money away. To a particular charity or friend in need, no blood relatives, and the Bank well, of America cool sponsored the $300,000 worth of cards, and Winfrey invited her guests to record their charitable contributions on DVDs, and she's going to show those later. But I don't know about you, but if Oprah gives me a 1000 bucks and I'm supposed to give it away, is that still <laughs> charity, or am I just giving away Oprah's money? Well, I mean, think about it. It's like when you're a little kid and your dad gives you a dollar to go put in the the Salvation Army, you know, red thing. Yeah. That's That's his money. That's not your money. That is kind of weird, as a matter of fact. That's That's different. But yeah. uh, that's okay. She's all right. It's, it's a good thing, but it was kind of strange. A little bit of a stretch for a charity deal. Yeah. Not as I good think. as a car, either. <laughs> True. <laughs> the G-whatever. Uh, yeah, Pontiac.
1: It's Ray Shillings, Brad Foresight. Hope you enjoyed the, the show today. Join us next week. Andy Cernovitz, CEO, Word of Mouth Marketing Association. Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. Visit often, too, at the advertisingshow.com website. With Ray Shillings and Brad 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 Forsyth, The Advertising Show, is a Big Radio Midgets production.